Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, our podcast about all things book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. We enjoyed a week off over Easter, but we are back and keen as a bean. I'm Nick Wasiliev, the social media specialist, and I'm joined today with three brand new voices to the podcast. First up, via the, the airwaves, um, our assistant category manager for, for fiction, Hannah Armstrong. Hello, Hannah. Um, our assistant category manager for nonfiction lifestyle, Amy Evans. Hello, Amy. Hello. And our assistant category manager for kids and YA, Eden Samuel. Hello, Eden. Hello. While the, the voices may all be new, uh, the episode format is still very much the same. We'll be diving off by kicking into the world of book news, and then we'll be discussing the books that we are reading and enjoying. And then be sure to stick around to the end when my guests will go head-to-head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call... <laughs> book fight. I'm excited. I'm actually so I'm so curious to see how this episode of book fight goes because um, I I'm te- I've got a feeling that amongst us we have another Olivia who just suddenly it's goes. Yes, it's Hannah. Um, but first of all, we'll dive off into the world of book news. And the first big one is it's awards, awards, and more awards. Um, the Australian Book Design Awards shortlist has been unveiled earlier this week, which is to highlight the best designed book covers over the course of the previous year. I'm going to throw to you, Amy, uh, for this one. Which books are you surprised by, and what do you think are your, your favourites uh, for this competition? Um, so I am not surprised, first of all, to see Trent Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a gorgeous cover. Yeah, it is. Um, also Sorrow and Bliss. I'm obsessed with that cover. I think mm. the colours are beautiful. Um, I don't have many complaints when it comes to, um, the awards, except for the biggest robbery of all time, <laughs> which is In Praise of Veg not making the shortlist for the cookbooks. <laughs> um... Very disappointed. That's the most beautiful book I've ever seen. And I don't even like vegetables that much. <laughs> it is gorgeous. Um, so very sad to see my fave not make the cut. It's amazing how many great covers there were last year when you think about it. Like yeah, everyone that, really stepped up their game. Yeah, they really did. Eden, I know that you you had a quick had a quick look at these I did, I awards did. Um, in the terms of the kids and YA category as well. Uh, which, uh, which book stood out to you? But there's so many good ones. <laughs> okay. Um, I really love this small blue dot. I think that's a that's an incredible book. Yeah. And the cover is gorgeous. The year the maps changed makes me want to travel, which, <laughs> I mean, I can't do that right now. Um, and then if we flick over to the YA section, The End of the World is Bigger Than Love. Beautiful. Davina Bell. We love it. The F Team. I love Rawa. And that cover is really different for a YA I haven't seen anything like it. So I would say those ones, they stuck, like, stuck out to me, I should say. Yeah, I did, kind of going back to that um, Trent Dalton, I think it's it's been a bit of a topic of discussion that he's in, I think he's in the commercial fiction is, category, yeah. which is very interesting yeah. considering I think that he's, he normally would be classified as literary, wouldn't he? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I would think so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Did I, ever, did I ever tell you guys about, like, for the longest time with the Sorrow and Bliss cover, I didn't recognise that it was a woman. I thought it was just, like, a pile of blankets. <laughs> I thought it was legs at first, but I've come to realise it's arms. 
Um, but I still yeah. love it. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's great. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's my fault. <laughs> do you, do you, Amy, do you have any particular uh, thoughts on which one will, will, will likely be the winner or do you think it's just a simple case of... I think Trent Dalton has to win. Yeah. Um, biggest book of the year. It's beautiful. I've never seen a cover that is so busy but still really appealing. Um, Cookbook-wise, I think Comida Mexicana is gorgeous. Um, and if I can't throw my weight behind Praise of Edge, I guess that would be my view. <laughs> it's a great book, though, yeah, that Mexicana beautiful. book. Really yeah, beautiful. And the internals, it's so consistent the whole way through. Like it's got such a style that, mm. it, um, that it sticks to. Yeah, it's it, it, it. Always looking at these award events, it makes you realize because because often we you know we're in the the space of seeing you know books come through our doors day after day after day, and then you stop and go, damn, these some of these books are really gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. um. So the other uh, the other award ceremony that we'll discuss as the last uh, part of our news section this week is the Royalis Awards, uh, which recognise the best in science fiction fantasy and horror writing in Australia, um, which the finalists have, have also uh, recently been announced. Hannah, I'm going to throw to you uh, for this one because there are some really great books in this selection. Um, what categories uh, of, this, of this particular final series are you particularly interested in? So um, I've had a look at the science fiction, uh, the science fiction ones. I think the animals in that country and the mother fault are probably like, I haven't read them, but I've heard really good things. So I feel like they're probably like at the forefront to win. Um, the other one I'm really excited about though, in the best horror, I think you guys would remember this one. We talked about it a little bit. Um, it's none shall sleep. Oh yeah. And it's oh, like yes. a, described, yeah, it's like described as like a YA silence of the lamb. And it's about like teenagers who go into like the behavioral science unit and like try and track down, Serial killers, yeah. which I think is really cool. <laughs> I don't know if it's any good, but I'm excited about it. Mm, yeah, I actually, I kind of going back to animals in that country. It seems to be racking up so many nominations and awards at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's on it, every list. It's on well, every well, list. Yeah, it's the, it. the Stella Prize. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's really good. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, well, I know Ben, but both Ben and I got the chance to actually have a chat to, to her. And this was last year, just before um, it, it blew up like it has. And it's an absolutely incredible book, particularly just the, the her, her use of language around the animals is just absolutely fantastic. Um, awesome. Do you think it would have done as well as it has if it wasn't about a pandemic? Or do you think people just say that word and they're like, oh, I might as well, topical? Well, I think it's a simple case that the timing for it is, I reckon it would have definitely have played an impact on it because the timing around it and the way she actually describes the nature of the pandemic is uncanny um, in terms of how it is, uh, in terms of how it is, is communicated and how, she, and how she portrays that space. But I think it's also just down to the fact, I think that, that would play a part in it, but I also think it would, it would have been a book that would have turned a lot of heads anyway because it is just so well written. It's a really great story as well and a very um, interesting concept of, of animals coming to life and being able to, to understand them. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, so the finals of that will be, uh, will be announced uh, later this year and uh, we can't wait to see uh, which books will be recognised in science fiction, fantasy and horror. 
So now we'll dive into the section of the podcast where we talk about the books that we have been reading and enjoying um, over the last uh, couple of months. And I'm going to throw to you first, Amy, uh, for this particular section. Me. What have you been reading? Um, I haven't read a lot lately, actually, which is really disappointing. Um, But a book I have finished recently is The Maidens by Alex Michaelidis. This one doesn't come out until the end of June. uh, And it's by the same author as The Silent Patient, um, which I haven't actually read. I'm not a really big crime fiction reader, usually. Um, But this one was hanging around the office and it has a gorgeous cover, speaking of cover design. Uh, So I picked it up and started reading it on my lunch break and it is really, really thrilling. Um, So it's about this therapist whose niece um, goes to university and there's a string of murders happening at this university. Uh, So she goes to visit her and she gets obsessed with figuring out who is doing these killings and she kind of pins it all on this one guy. She's got it in for him. It has to be him. Um, And it's about her kind of following these clues there's a lot, a lot of Greek mythology mixed into it, which is so hot right now. I feel like every <laughs> book has a Greek mythology theme. Yeah. Um, but this one's done really cool. It's how the people kind of get like the marking that they're next um, is they get a Greek mythology quote. Um, so it's a bit scary. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. I was just reading it on my lunch break and then I got to the point where I had to take it home because I had to finish it immediately. Um, there is a story stupid amount of red herrings in this book um you never know who it is um and the ending is amazing are the red herrings worth it though because there are some that like it gets to the point where it's like okay you're just annoying me now there was one where i'm like who is this character he definitely (laughs) didn't do it stop trying to make me think that he did it i know he did it um but proud to say i picked the murderer um (laughs) called it from early on in the book (laughs) Um, but it's uh, re- does a really, really good job at making you question every character. Like nobody is safe. Um, so I think that was a very, very good read. Um, it also has this really interesting aspect where as you're reading it, there are these random chapters plotted through that are in a different font and from a different perspective, um, telling the story of someone's life growing up and they've had a really, really hard childhood. And it's never revealed what character that perspective is and so you're reading the story wondering like who is this person that has this horrible life and this horrible upbringing um, and why is it relevant and it kind of plots little bits throughout the story about why it's relevant and then it really comes to fruition in the end of why you learned about this person um, so it's a good one oh, sounds amazing would yes. recommend I always love a good like you know, surprise murder mystery thriller horror stuff and god I've, yeah, I've, on your point on greek mythology i think yeah. I've, I've, no, I've noticed it now ever since we had we talked to alexandra bracken about law it's everywhere it's really why is it everywhere do you think i mean it's amazing i feel like um <laughs> song of achilles really got everyone back into the greek mythology Cersei, yeah a few really good ones and mm. you can draw so much from oh the yeah history. so many retellings um, but it really works in this. I feel like it wasn't um, just shoved in because it's hot right now. Like it, it's it's relevant and it makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Um, and the other thing I've been reading, which I feel like I'm late to the game on, but I also <laughs> don't want to say that because I bought it on release day over a year ago. Um, but I never read it because I was scared to because Matt Haig is my all-time favourite. I love him. Um, 
And so I started reading The Midnight Library recently. I haven't finished yet. Um, but Matt Haig, as you all have heard me talk about <laughs> numerous times, <laughs> is the best writer ever. I am obsessed with him. Uh, his nonfiction is groundbreaking. I love it. Um, this is the first fiction book of his I've read and very excited to announce that it's just as good. Um, it is about between life and death, there is a library where you can relive lives that you didn't get to live. So based on decisions you made or you didn't make, you can pick a book off the shelf and see if that life would have been what you wanted. Um, so it's a really, really beautiful book. There's some, it poses some really great questions about what it means to not just be alive but to live your life. That makes me want to have like an existential crisis. Yeah, I know. I was like, that sounds like <laughs> That intense. is a huge theme in Matt Haig's books, funnily enough. <laughs> um, but it's beautiful. Like his writing really is stunning. It makes you think. Um, I haven't read a book of his that hasn't made me cry yet. Um, this included. So tread lightly. Um, but it's really, really beautiful. And it sold like one million copies worldwide as of this week. Like it's, it's huge. Wow. Sounds very melancholy. Just the it idea is. of the idea of looking at what could have been. Yeah, it's oh. really really nice. There's a really nice quote that's um, it's easy to mourn the lives we aren't living, and it kind of teaches you like, um, you know, don't think about what could have been, just focus on the now. Yeah. Um, so it's it's lovely. But um, those are my two books about death. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love where your mind's at right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them's a nicer take on the topic, but um, yeah, someone please read a happier book. <laughs> I love that you also are like, I feel like I'm so late to the party on this. Whereas whenever Liv and I are on the podcast, we like have a to be red pile that's like the size of like um, the whole oh. building because every hear all the right books. And I'm like, oh, I read this, this The Happiest Man on Earth recently. And I'm like <laughs> seven months late. <laughs> well, this is like over a year old. I've just been so scared to read it because mm. you never want like your favorite author to write a book that you don't enjoy, yeah. which I knew he wouldn't like for one, like I'd never doubted Matt Haig, but I also just didn't want it to be over. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, I'm savouring it. I've got a little bit left. Awesome. I love those selections. Thanks so much, Amy. I will throw now to you, Eden. Hello. Uh, I am on my new release game. <laughs> so I'm a little different. But I want to talk about The Prison Healer by Lynette Noni. And I like recently finished this. So Sarah, who you all know and love, um, the category manager of Kids and YA, she picked this up before me. She was like, Eden, you need to read this. I need to talk about it with someone, especially the ending. And I was like, okay. So obviously Lynette, Lynette Noni is um, a wonderful Australian author. We all know and love her. Um, and she's very famously known for her Madoran Chronicles series, which I haven't finished yet. I will get onto that. Um, but this is a new way series for her. And we follow Kiba, whose father was a healer. And the thing I liked about it to start off with was it wasn't by magic. He just merely learned the trade, the art of it, and he just helped out in his community. And, of course, it's a fantasy, so there has to be a rebellion. Very <laughs> and unfair. Of course. And so he brushes shoulders with a rebel, and being the person he is, he helps them. Um, except, you know, the, the kingdom, the forces that be found out. And they come to his house and they arrest him and Kiva, they kill his son on the spot. And no spoilers there, by the way. It's literally <laughs> in the blurb. <laughs> and um, they whisk them away to the prison. And in the prison, um, he 
it's what I can say is it's unlike any other prison I've heard of or watched documentaries on like it feels like you can kind of roam around you're not secluded in a little cell um, and it's kind of I would say more like a, a labor camp of sorts so there's some sort of like mineral or resource they're mining that the rest of the kingdom wants and needs Anyway, her father there becomes the healer of the prison and she learns under him. Unfortunately, he passes away and it falls on her to step into that role. Um, and it's all good and dandy. You know, a lot of people don't like her because she has to brand everyone that comes into the prison. Um, so she's just like a, a cast off and she keeps to herself. She doesn't want to let anyone in. She's been hurt before, obviously. She's had her family torn apart. So um, the only person she's really opened up to is this young boy named Tip who... Um, like was in the prison with his mother his mother passed away and he has no one else to turn to so she's taking care of him and everything's fine and then <laughs> the, the queen the leader of the rebels is captured and brought to the prison and she's to undergo these elemental trials of sorts so um what i will say there is magic involved but the wonderful thing about lynette noni's writing is, is it's so simplistic and hard-hitting i feel like anyone can pick it up and understand what's going on whereas a lot of YA fantasy i know and love um, is very you know bogged down with magic systems and we really need to think to read through it but i flew through this just because it was so so easy so um yeah, so she has to go these element, elemental trials. However, she's just not in the position to do so. She's been hurt on the way there and um, she's kind of, I, I think she was in a coma when she got there. Um, so, you know, Kiva's trying to bring her back to life so she can, she can go through these. And these trials mean her sure death. There's, there's no out for her. Um, anyway, one of the people in the prison who is also part of the rebellion undercover comes up to Kiva and is like, okay, listen, if you don't keep this woman alive, um, I'm going to kill Tip, who is that beautiful seven-year-old boy who Kiva loves. Um, so obviously uh, Kiva has a heart of gold and she's like, well, I'm just going to take her place in these trials. And this fucks the whole plot. Oh, There's also geez. a love interest who comes in and... There's just so many twists and turns. Like the ending is such a cliffhanger. I need the next book now. And <laughs> Did you say the next one's coming out pretty yeah, soon though, it isn't it? It comes out Gilded, in September. Yeah, the, the Gilded, Gilded Cage. Cage. It's really yeah. quick. For I the know. Follow-up. I love her. Like no other author <laughs> do this. So I'm very excited and I can't stop thinking about it. It's literally taken over my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, um when, yeah. when I remember when we had Lynette on the podcast and she t- and Sarah kind of was very like I'm just shocked at how dark this YA gets. Yeah, right. Like, is it is that is it like because you've got the the the, the entire allegory of the prison camp and everything? Oh, plenty. I'd say it's that, just, but there's you know she touches on so many important relatable topics, especially for young readers. And I don't want to get into it. Like, I would really um, yeah. look at you know non spoilerish reviews and they'll give you a little taste for it, but. Oh, I highly recommend it. Like, I have a, a star rating system, and five stars <laughs> is the highest. And, and this was a five-star read. I was blown away by it. It was so good. Um, as for what I'm currently reading, of course I'm reading Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've read everything else, and I know that everyone's um, catching up for the Shadow and Bone show that's coming out very, very soon, 23rd of April, just saying. <laughs> um, I'm not, you know, much of the way through. I'd say I'm about a quarter way, and I can't talk much to it because spoilers. You know, it's the second book in the King of Scars duology. We follow Nikolai Lansov. Um, we also get the perspective of, uh, God, names, Nina. Um, and 
also Jenya, I'm pretty sure there's another perspective. I'm reading it now, but it's completely lost to me. <laughs> but it's so good. Her writing is so immersive. Her world building is just on point, and it's so easy to fall into a world that you've read millions of books for. So um, high stakes. There's a heist involved in this. So you know, fans of Six of Crows, you're going to love it. <laughs> and all our favorite characters banding together again to overcome a very familiar evil. That's all I will say about that. Yes. That's a good spoiler-free like, <laughs> yeah. bait. You're dangle. pitching this well. <laughs> I, I can't say anything else. People will like hate me. So. <laughs> <laughs> your pitching, your pitching is on point. Oh, I love it. Good stuff. <laughs> thank you so much, Eden. Those That's books right. sound amazing. I'm not usually a YA person myself, but I have been so tempted by so many people to go and check out the Prison Healer. Have to. Prison so, Healer sounds amazing everyone yeah. has to read it yeah. we're going to start a book club <laughs> just <laughs> exclusively <laughs> just prison prison we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll start a new we'll start a new like series in this in this on, on booktopia and we'll call it the prison healer yep. appreciation podcast <laughs> bring sarah on she's yes. got a lot to say <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much eden um last but certainly not least i will reach out across the airwaves to you hannah um hello, hello. what have you been uh, enjoying um in your world of reading so um, I didn't realize until like two seconds ago that both of the books that I'm going to talk about are like um, time traveling romances. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a niche genre and I don't usually read anything like that, but they just happen to both be <laughs> in that genre. Um, so the first one I want to talk about, I read it over the long weekend and totally devoured it. Um, it's This is How You Lose the Time War. And it's co-written by Amal Elmota and Max Gladstone. Okay. So this has won, um, it won the 2019 Nebula Award and the 2020 Hugo Award. So they're both sci-fi um, awards. And it's only a novella, so it's only 200 pages. So it's really easy to read. But it's basically, like, I don't even know how to describe the plot, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, <laughs> it's about, <laughs> it's about, like, two enemies like two rival agents um on either side of a time war that's been going on for like eons and eons um and they start writing each other letters basically at first it starts out as like a taunt like i'm better than you i'm gonna beat you and then it kind of gets a little flirty and then eventually they turn into just these like really excessively like romantic love letters and this is like genuinely one of the most romantic books i've ever read in my life which as a big romance fan, that's like a big thing for me to that's say. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool, but it is. Um, and the way it's written, I didn't realize, but I um, I was doing some research on one of the authors. Amal is actually um, a Canadian poet. So once I realized that, it's like really easy to see in the writing. It's really like lyrical um, and abstract and super creative. So it's kind of hard to describe, but like within the world, they talk about like things from our timeline. So like Genghis Khan, Julius Caesar, but then they also talk about like things that are like really far in the future, things that make absolutely no sense. Um, things from like different, like alternate universes. So I kind of had to like read a lot of the chapters out loud to myself just to kind of make sense of what was going on. Um, but then I think the main point is like the letters that they write to each other, which is just like, oh, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's honestly such a good book. I read it really, really fast. Um, it's still doing the rounds on like uh, BookTube and Bookstagram, um, even though it was released in, I think, 2019. So 
I would definitely recommend this to everyone, even if you're not really into sci-fi. Actually, maybe not everyone. I feel like like some people won't like it because it is more abstract than your typical kind of sci-fi book. Um, but it's so rewarding. I really loved it. What is it? So, yeah, what is it that kind of, because you, you mentioned how like it's quite, it, it's doing the rounds at the moment and it won a lot of awards. Kind of what makes it, what kind of separates it, you think, from other contemporary science fiction novels that kind of is making it stand out so much? Well, I think, I mean, I've never read anything like it, first of all. Um, but the other thing, actually, I completely forgot to mention is the two um, protagonists are both women. So, oh, like, nice. like, yeah, so it's an LGBT, um, like, sapphic love story. Mm. Um, and, like, I, I was reading a few reviews and a lot of it was about, like, the way they approach gender and sexuality is so, like, it's so good, the way it's done. It's not even an issue. And, like, also, the two protagonists aren't even really human. Like, it's never really made clear what they are, but it's just so obviously not an issue. I love that. And actually, it's mentioned that one of them is, like, married and it's just no big deal. Mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. It's so well written. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful book. I really loved it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so the other book I wanted to talk about, which Eden and Amy probably know exactly what I'm going to say. I already I've know what like, book you're going to talk about. So and if excited. I hear a single spoiler, Hannah, <laughs> I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> Me too, because I want to read it. <laughs> I'm reading it at the moment. Tread lightly. <laughs> no spoilers. I know. I know. Yeah, Amy's. So you've just started it, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Um, so it's probably a pretty familiar name. She wrote Red, White and Royal Blue, which was like kind of the runaway romance hit. Um, I think it was released it was a couple of years ago now. Um, but I absolutely loved that book. I thought it was one of the best books I've ever written. It's still one of my favourites. Um, So One Last Stop comes out in June, but we were very lucky um, to get an early copy so we could read that. And I kind of put it off for ages. Like, I, like, grabbed it as soon as we got it, and I was like, ha-ha, I'm going to read this first. And then I I didn't end up reading it until, like, two weeks. It was torture. Um, Yeah, sorry. I just, I was so excited. Like, the same thing you said about Midnight Library, Amy. It was just, I was so excited and I was nervous it was going to let me down. Yeah. Um, But... I had no reason to fear. It was incredible. Um, I like ugly cried my way through it. Um, but basically it's about a girl, <laughs> it's about a girl called August. Um, and she's 23. She just moved to New York city. Um, and she's very introverted and, um, she's very cynical and kind of suspicious of the world around her. Um, and she moves in with these like crazy roommates who are like some of the best, like the best cast of characters I've read in years. Um, and one day she's on the subway and she meets a girl called Jane um, and they kind of strike up this unexpected friendship. Um, and before long, this is not a spoiler, it's on the back cover, but <laughs> August just discovers that Jane um, is actually kind of lost in time and she's from the 1970s and she's been stuck on the subway writing the same line for the past 50 years. Wow. Um, and so she can't get off the train. Uh, so all, all of their interactions throughout the book all happen like on the subway. And you wouldn't think it's the most like romantic of settings, but let me tell you, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that mood lighting. <laughs> that mood lighting, those fluorescents. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it was amazing. I was totally wrapped up in the story. It's so funny. Like Casey McQuiston, I think, I don't know if it's, I mean, I think she's just a very funny writer in general, but her, her sense of humor just matches up really well with my own. So I think that's why I really enjoy it. Um, and she obviously, like, she can tap into that kind of early 20s um, mindset and lifestyle, which I think some authors try to do and, like, really fail and, like, try to be relatable. I'm actually not sure how old um, the author is, but I, I would guess she's, like, in her late 20s or something. She just connects with those characters so well. Um, yeah, and puts you, like, right in it. It was, it was actually really long. I think it was about 400 pages, but it just flew by, like, once you get into it. Um, love story was amazing. Characters are amazing. Dialogue, funny, witty, incredible. Loved it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> no, and no spoilers. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. I love no spoilers, it. Yeah. I love that this is the caption of the uh, of, of this podcast, which is just like, "Don't worry, it's on the back cover. We're not giving anything away." <laughs> Nothing like starting off your book review with a threat from someone else saying, <laughs> "Oh yeah, don't spoil a thing." Um, those recommendations are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Hannah. And now I need to get. Now I need to get on. It, it's it's another one added to the list yet again. I don't know how, when I'm going to find the time for it, but it's those sound amazing. Oh, you'll get there eventually. I'm sure. <laughs> eventually, it'll take me forever. <laughs> That's Just, what I always tell myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you this time next year, saying like, "Oh, I finally got around to reading it. Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Hannah, and thank you all of you for your amazing book recommendations. Absolutely love it. What have you been reading, Nick? What have I been reading? Well, I actually have recently just finished um, the The Happiest Man on Earth, which was a book oh, that I lovely. Did you cry? Oh my God, yes. Oh, um, oh just it's particularly um, around when he talked about wanting to educate uh, the people around the, the the nature of of Auschwitz and the Holocaust, um, and the work he did with the Sydney Jewish Museum, I just thought was absolutely beautiful. Because I actually had visited the Sydney Jewish Museum when I was in school, and Two. yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was a do, thing. Yeah, do you remember that? Do, do you know that room with yes. the with? Yep, you know the room oh I'm talking goodness. about with the it with is the, haunting. Oh like, God, yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're not going to get. I actually bought that book for my stepdad for Christmas, I think. Um, and he, he told me like a couple of days ago, he's like, I just picked it up. I'm five pages in. I was like, okay, <laughs> get back to me when you're like, you know, it's a, <laughs> a bit further in. Uh, yeah, I'm a really, really, really kind of um, picky reader. And it's the first book in a long time that I finished in like one day or yeah. one session. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. You couldn't stop. Um, highly recommended. But now it is time to move on to the last part of the show. I can see the fear. I'm really scared about it. I can this. see it in everyone's eyes and I can see the excitement building from Hannah's end because she gets the chance to, to I go. Think I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it. it I is just hope you understand that. I know nothing. Um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I am in the YA bubble. Yeah. My memory shot. Like, <laughs> names terrible with. Oh yeah. Um, it's not going to go well. Well, you don't. You don't know until you play, and it is time to play book fight. <laughs> da -da -da. Oh god. Um. So before we we dive into the questions that will terrify you to your core, I will get a buzzer word from each of you, and I'll throw it to you first, Eden. What shall your buzzer be? <laughs> Starfish. Starfish. I love it. Great. 
<laughs> okay, I was I was thinking of that because I'm going to read the Infinity Chords and that is one of their candies. <laughs> just so you guys know, it wasn't just a random thought of a starfish. There's a thought process on that one. Well, I've had every buzzer under the roof at this, under under the sun at yeah, this point, so surprising. nothing nothing can surprise me anymore. Um, Hannah, what shall yours be? Um, oh god, I should have thought about this earlier. Um, I am looking at the book in front of me. There is a bird on it, so mine will be bird. I love it. Starfish and bird. I'm sensing a theme developing here. <laughs> Amy, you got to stick to the theme. No, no, no. Down. Uh, I'm not going to stick to the theme. Oh. Um, my buzzer word is going to be vegetable. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Shout out to Alice oh. Zulaski. Alice in frames, yep. as we know her. <laughs> All right. We are ready to go. Let's play a book fight. Question one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Amy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amy. I'm going to tell you two facts and one lie about J.R. Tolkien. For oh, two man, points, <laughs> for two points, you have to pick the lie. His signature is regarded as one of the most valuable in the English language. He viewed fairies as the natural development of the interaction of human imagination and human language. His son, Christopher Tolkien, has published over 30 works from him since his death. Which one is the lie? Starfish. Yes. <laughs> the second one. No. <laughs> then, yes. Is it the one about his son? Yes, it is. Oh, Correct. It sounded too real. <laughs> he I just heard 30 and I was like, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's and, hmm? Yeah, it's... Um, no, no, he's only had about 10 off the top, um, which includes the Silmarillion yes, uh, yeah. book as well. But I'm, I'm sorry, Eden, you fell into the trap. He actually wrote an essay called On Fairy Stories where wow, he talked dude. about that. Yeah, which I must read it. Yeah, I know, which is fascinating. And then the signature, he actually was noted for hating signing copies wow. of his book, which so means they're that any, super rare. they're super rare. Mm -hmm. um, and so anything that does carry his signature is so valuable. There was a, recently a first edition copy of The Hobbit that sold for 85 grand that is because cool. he wow. signed it. Yeah. What a power move just to yeah. like yeah. never sign things. <laughs> <laughs> just so they're so valuable. His signature is also really pretty. Yeah, it takes a long time to do. That's probably why he did it. <laughs> Question two. So that's two points to you, by the way, Amy. Yes. You're on the board. And you, and you said you'd be terrible at this. She was bluffing. This. She was bluffing. <laughs> it was a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. Name the book that contains this opening line. 124 was spiteful, full of baby's venom. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Say that again. 124 was spiteful, full of baby's venom. <laughs> it's a very, very, very uh, famous book. Oh, wow. Um, we have a second clue. Is it too early to ask for that? No, you can ask for clues. We want a clue, okay. <laughs> please. It's by uh, an author called Toni Morrison. Oh. You know Toni Morrison, don't we? No. You don't know Toni Morrison? <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, you know Toni Morrison, don't you? I don't. What? Yeah, you were meant to come through for us. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Amy are dying. I like that I am. I like that I've given off the impression of being smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Just run with it. 
Do I get no no guesses at all? No, uh, no, nothing. Okay. Well, the the answer was is is Tony Tony Morrison's most famous book, which is called Beloved. Oh yes. No. Okay. Color purple comes to mind. Is that also you a, a bit too highbrow for us, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. You'll have the chance to redeem yourselves later down the track. It's okay. Question three. For three points, name this author. A bonus two points are also on offer if you can name them before I mention their first novel. Okay. <laughs> I was born in Edgebaston, Birmingham, in 1901 and was the only daughter and eldest child of a British army officer. Though born into the British upper class and have privately educated, my family experienced a significant downturn in our status due to the suicide of my grandfather at an early age. However, that changed when I became successful as a society reporter after, in 1922 and then became famous as a writer of romantic fiction. After working for the Daily Express, I published my first novel. Jigsaw, in 1923, a risque society thriller that became a bestseller. I then became... Uh, hmm? Yep. No, no, I'm an idiot. I'm already wrong. No, no, no. You can go. <laughs> Why am I going to say Agatha Christie? <laughs> Agatha Christie? No, it's not Agatha Christie, unfortunately. But you, yes. But you are on, like, you are so on the right track. Um, so crimey. It's, well, well as the continuing on, she becomes, she's renowned in a similar level to Agatha Christie, but for romance. So she became yeah. renowned for, her, for my contemporary romance novels. However, in the latter half of my career, I received further acclaim for my historical fiction novels around romance, including A Ghost in Monte Carlo, The Hidden Heart, The Rhapsody of Love, and Lucifer and the Angel. Over my career, I have published over 700 novels, as well as plays, Music, verse, drama, magazine articles, and operetta, both under my own name and under a pseudonym of Marcus Belfry. I was, oh. I was knighted by the Queen for services to literature and finally passed away in 2000 at the ripe old age of 98. I finished my career as the third highest selling author in history, only behind <laughs> Agatha Christie and William Shakespeare who have sold more books than me, with sales in excess of 500 million copies. I can't stop laughing. This feels just like a really long call yeah. out that we know nothing. <laughs> anyone? I've actually run out. Anyone? Um, no. Anyone want to like, have, have a guess? This is embarrassing. <laughs> I know it, but I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't know. I, like, I know it. <laughs> Do you want to have a guess? Um... I don't know. It, 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 this is this is the pressure of book fight. Is it going to be year. someone super obvious, and we're going to feel really bad about it? Yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> if so, I'll just start crying, like, shouting classic fiction <laughs> names. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. We get, do you give up? Yeah, yeah, I do. It is Dame Barbara Cartland. Is her name? Oh, okay. Do you, you don't know? <laughs> her? You don't know her? <laughs> oh, I feel like you. I know nothing. <laughs> We told you, Nick, from Did, the very beginning. Hannah, was that, no, who, was that who you thought it was? No. People uh. are cursing us, guys, while they listen to this. <laughs> Look, she's kind of... She, hmm? People hate us. No, don't think like that. Come on, guys. It's, it's only early days in Book Fight. You'll be fine. Okay, um, we'll study next time. Yeah. Question four. This, here's your chance to get some points back. 
For one point, okay. for one point each, name as many, bo- and we're going to suspend the quiz, the the, the buzzer for, for this question. Mm-hmm. Just name them, just shout them out. For one point each, name as many books as you can that made any of the Abda shortlist. The book design. Yeah, like the book design, the book design one. We were talking about it oh, earlier on the podcast. Oh, yes, I'm all over this. All yes, skies. all our shimmering Stone skies. Sky, yep, Stone Sky, Cold Mountain, all our shimmering dot. skies. Sorry, the small. This small blue dot. This, okay, so we've got this small blue dot. Yes, that's one. Kokomo. Yes. The Koko- F team. Yes. Kokomo, the F team. Oh, God. The Morbids. The Morbids, yes. Uh, Blue Breeze. Blue Breeze. Let's actually... Trust me, that was on there. <laughs> yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> the end of the world is bigger than um... the Ah! All my notes are going everywhere. Yes. Okay, Kokomo. Kokomo's already been mentioned. Sorry, Hannah. We are wolves. Yes. Beatrix Bakes. Beatrix Bakes, yes. Uh, the Mother Fault. Yes, The Mother oh, yeah. Fault. Very good. Um, did we already say Sorrow and Bliss? No. No, we didn't. That's yours now, Sorrow and Bliss. Well done. Yes. The time the maps change? Uh, no, the time the map change, the, the time... From what I've got, actually, Hannah, I've got this all last here. God dang it. <laughs> the time the maps changed. Oh, yep. Hysteria. That was one of my favourite covers I didn't even mention. Hysteria. Sorry, who mentioned, who mentioned the, time, the year the maps changed? Yes, thank the you. The year. I knew I said that wrong. It's close enough. I'll give it to you. Um, sorry, what was your... Hysteria. Hysteria, yes. Very good. We give up? Uh, like Lona? Lona. Yeah, yeah that's Yep, Lona's it. there as well. Well done. Are you guys lucky I sent you the link around yes. now to look at all the Maybe. covers before this? And you said you didn't know anything about books. Come on, guys, you're killing it. <laughs> I think I panic read this submission before we started. <laughs> Any more? I'm out. Oh, um, Comida Mexicana. Yes, Comida Mexicana. Yes, yep. please. That's um, the, it for my memory. Oh, well done. Love it. Any more? We good? I think that's all. Fantastic. Great. Great work, guys. You picked up a whole bunch. Eden's now moved to five points. Amy's on six and Hannah's on six. Well done. Great work, guys. You were all over that. Smashed it. <clears throat> Question five. So we actually got a request from a member of the book team who shall remain nameless um, to use this question within the, uh, to use this question in book fight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to garble up the opening lines to famous novels using a meme that, that, that went viral earlier this month. You have to determine what the famous novel is. What is the definition of garble? I mean, like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to, like, basically take out a certain snippet of the, of the quote mm-hmm. and replace it with this really, really fa- uh, massive viral meme that went crazy. Okay. Okay. And you Thank have you. to pick what the famous book is. Book is. Gotcha. Who did this to us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was definitely Cass. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. It was yeah, a, it wasn't? It, no, it wasn't Cass, but you're on the right track of who was responsible. Um, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> I've got three here. So the first one. It was a bright cold day in April and the boat was blocking the Suez Canal. Oh. <laughs> I'll say it again. It was a bright, cold day in April, and the boat was blocking the Suez Canal. What's the novel? 
It's a very Is it like Charles Charles Dickens? No. Mm. Not Charles Covers boat memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back that's to the, me now. That's the challenge of this one. <laughs> I don't know. Eden, you wanna have a go? Um do we get a clue? Um it the the title of the book is 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 all numbers. So it's not like there's no words in it. It's a number. It's not 1984. It is 1984. Well done. I did something. (laughs) Yes, it is. So yes, it's 1984 by George Orwell, and the 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 it actually is. It was the bright cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Oh yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. (laughs) Okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be a challenging one. Far out in the uncharted backwaters of the Suez Canal, at the unfashionable end of a giant boat, lies a small, unregarded yellow digger. Holes? Hmm? Is it holes? No, it's not holes. I know this. I know this. It's a very famous science fiction novel. Yeah, holes. No, it's not holes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, excuse you. (laughs) I heard digger. Far out in the uncharted backwaters of the Suez Canal, at the unfashionable end of a giant boat, lies a small, unregarded yellow digger. No, I'm out. I don't know. uh, I I sense that Eden's close to this. So frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Can you have another clue? Can you have a clue? It's a very, very, very famous book in a science fiction series. Oh, oh, it's, the fir- it yeah, it's a series. It's a science fiction series. It's the first one in the science fiction series. Third? Yep. Is it June? No, it's not June. Ooh, that was a good guess. Good, yeah. good. No, it's not June. Third? Hitchhiker? Yes. Is it Hitchhiker's Guide? It is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Well done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the last one. If you don't get this, I'll actually genuinely be disappointed in you. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single canal in possession of a nice body of water must be in want of not getting blocked by a big ass boat. (laughs) Hannah. I heard that. It is Pride and Prejudice, yes, of course it is. (laughs) That's so funny. Just for the record, I would not have gone that. (laughs) Well done, well done. Question six Name in order the three books in the Divergent series. Vegetable. Ben. I got vegetable first. Divergent. Yes. Insurgent. <laughs> Divergent. Insurgent. Allegiant. Allegiant. Correct. Yeah. And then four. Yeah, there is there is four, but we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> question. This is our second last question of book fight. Currently, it is a very close race. Eden is on six points. Amy is on nine points, and Hannah is on eight. So it's a very close game. very close game right now. It's a good game. It's a good game like it question seven who won the book of the year award at the 2021 indie book awards <laughs> 21 so this year's indie book awards who won the book of the year Just yeah. straight silence <laughs> <laughs> you're doing so well with the actors oh <laughs> Clue. Yeah, clue. It involves words that haven't been found for a while. The dictionary oh, of words. Yeah. There you go. Eden got it. It's a di- sorry, sorry. You have it's the it's the the dictionary of lost words was the answer. 
All right, we are now on our last question. Um, and just for a bit of fun, because everyone is like within one point of each other, I'm going to make this two points. So just to make it a bit, bit of fun. So it's a, it's a sudden death question. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> Thrilled. <laughs> question, question eight. Which recently released book tells three stories about love and loss and what happens in between? Vegetable. Vegetable, yes. Heartsick. Heartsick by Jesse Stevens. Oh, Amy. All over it. Well done. <laughs> Tricked you guys. I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Love ever. <laughs> Should have seen her face, Hannah. <laughs> you're just you're just quietly like, how the hell did I pull that off? <laughs> I knew who I sit right next to. Read that book very recently, um, so I've heard a lot about it. So shout out to Shanu for that one. Shout out to Shanu. Oh, yeah. Yes, shout yeah. out. So that brings us to the end of book fight, and what an entertaining and fun game of book fight it was. And look at the scores, and oh my goodness gracious me. Eden finishes with a very respectable seven points. Hannah with eight. Amy takes the win with 11 points. Well done, Amy. Amy, thank you very much. So proud of this accomplishment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. And uh, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of the weekend Booktopian for another week. Thank you to my guests. (laughs) (laughs) Try to take the shock out of your voice. Uh, you're welcome that was fun (laughs) thank you so much to my guests for joining us and be sure to check out all of the books that we've mentioned down today in the description box the weekend booktopian was produced by myself nick wasiliev and you can check out hundreds of episodes on our apple podcasts or soundcloud channels including a wide variety of author interviews book analysis pieces and more including our recent interview with nicola moriarty Also be sure to check out Booktopia TV on YouTube or if you can't get enough of Chained Authors, head to the Booktopian blog curated by our wonderful editor, Olivia Frico, where you can read the articles published every single day, including our recent post where we provide a guide to the books that us Booktopians have been enjoying in March of 2021. Thanks for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au